the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Just got some good news from the Fed. They say that they're going to make a, an appropriate uh, raise in the interest rates and that uh, unemployment by the end of the year will be at three and a half percent and inflation will be back down to three percent by the end of this year. So that's some good news for anybody who believes the Fed. They are. Ce- I mean, we are all celebrating because that's good news. Um We uh, would like to take a quick peek into Russia and Ukraine. There's been some disturbing things that have happened today. I I still am not convinced that this is going to happen, and I hope to God it doesn't, but it's been bizarre. They're doing some moves now. Russians and Ukrainians are moving in ways that say, yeah, it looks like it may come as early as this weekend. We'll talk to our... um, foreign affairs expert in just a second once in a while someone comes along and puts a new face on an old thing would you love that to be i guess you can through plastic surgery but then it just gets really bad anyway um up until now you've probably just gone along with whatever mobile service uh was available whatever mobile company was offering you the best deal Uh, And over time, you probably realize that's really not the best deal. I mean, I could save a lot of money, but who's offering it? Well, if you are willing to look outside of the box to a company that does not work in cross purposes to you and your values. In fact, a company that volunteers its time and puts a lot of their money on the line uh, to fight for the Constitution and, and all of the things that we believe in. You switch to Patriot Mobile. That's the company you should be. And a lot of people save half, half of their bill when they switch to Patriot Mobile. You're going to save a lot of money. You're going to get great service. They're on the same cell towers and a company that believes in you. 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Make sure you use the promo code Beck. You'll get free activation. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 972-PATRIOT. So, Jason, I have something that will boggle your mind from history because it has boggled mine. I knew what it was, and then I started reading the translations on it, and I cannot believe it's sitting in my room, uh, my studio here. Um, And I brought it because I think it reflects a little bit of what might be happening today because we don't really know what anybody's intentions are. Bring me up to speed on what's just happened in the last 24 hours with Ukraine and Russia. It is an eerie, eerie scene going on right now in eastern Ukraine. So the two separate, uh, you know, the separatist regions, the two breakaways regions in Ukraine, eastern Ukraine, they have both ordered their citizens to evacuate. They are and not just to evacuate. They're evacuating into Russia. So right now, as we speak, the sirens are going off, the air raid sirens. Uh, I've seen photos of people lined up at banks and ATMs trying to get all their money out before they jump on the evacuation buses. So this is Ukraine. The Ukrainian people, the Russian Ukrainians are going to Russia. Yes. And what happens to the Ukrainian Ukrainians? Well, everyone that lives there, most people are the Russian speaking Ukrainians. So these are all being emptied out. And who is... Who is saying that you should do that? Russia? 
the well i'm sure russia gave the you know the little message but Mm -hmm. there's the actual statements from the leaders of those separatist regions they have made televised addresses so right now and you can see this this is all online you can they're they're sending out text messages to all their citizens and they're coordinating the evacuation based off the license plate numbers of their cars so this is it's organized and it is happening it's just very very odd because this is just so telegraphed and i think that's why it's been i've been so conflicted on it Russia waited an insane amount of time to let Ukraine get ready for this invasion. And not only that, but to build allies. So yesterday, I'm not sure if you mentioned that story. You did mention that um, that now the UK and Poland have entered into a formal alliance with Ukraine. That is the worst case scenario that I saw for this. Because if you start getting NATO members pulled into this in an alliance, that's bad news. Well, but this is a new alliance because NATO says it's not going to get roped in unless one of their countries. But, I mean, a a missile could be lobbed accidentally and then NATO is involved. Right. So if, if something happened, if Russia retaliates to, say, to Poland, well, then then they've threatened their national defense. And I think NATO would end up having to respond in, the, in that case. So there's just so many different ways that this can just go sideways. But I, 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 I'm with you. I'm not convinced that what the Biden administration says is going to happen will happen. I never thought. Think of this. I said this yesterday as I'm, I'm driving home from work and I'm listening to the news and uh, friends in the car with me. And I said, did you ever think, ever think that there would be a time that you weren't sure if you believed our president over Putin? Is there ever a time that you wondered if the Russians were telling the truth and we were lying? I've never in my life been at a place to where I don't know. I don't trust us. I don't trust us. I don't trust our news. I don't trust the White House. I have no idea what to believe in this situation. Do you? Hmm. I mean, I I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's. it's I don't know. It's not. It's it's even partially because they're they're kind of stating that they're negotiating here, right? Like they're, they're stating that like, we are saying these things to stop Russia from doing them. So I can't even tell if, if we believe the things that we're saying yeah. at this point, the, the way that the way that they negotiated. So they said that they're negotiating and pursuing all diplomatic, you know, efforts to make this stop. Doesn't even, doesn't even hold water to me because the one thing Putin asked for, right? Was, Hey, just tell us that, and I'm kind of minimizing this, but make, just tell us that NATO is not going to accept Ukraine, mm-hmm. right? Well, there's never any talks about that. It's never it's been on the table. Never been on the table. Ever. So, but if you're the Biden administration, that seems like an easy win for you because it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't change the way things were going. So just say it. Fine. Give him that. But because of his political situation at home, he can't be seen as an appeaser to Russia because that's the way Russia would, would spin it. And that's, I'm sure, a lot of other people would spin it that way. But it's a diplomatic win. We're like, fine, here, whatever. We're not going to admit them into NATO. But that was never on the table for them. Why can't you just say that? It makes they're no not going to do me. it anyway, right? I mean, it's not Ukraine is not getting this anyway, at least for a long time. And right. they could nobody was even talking about it. Never. They could reverse themselves after Putin is dead, which is probably you know the earliest it would happen anyway. Uh, but again, you also, as the United States and as NATO, don't want it to be seen as backing down to the demands of a tyrant. And so, I mean, they're all, I can understand why they, they like you. They want Ukraine to be part of this. I think they, they like that to be an outcome eventually. You know, what, oh, what, yeah. what really irritates and pisses me off about old alliances. And this is what, you know, this was a, this goes back to World War One. you know, like old alliances getting people 
into trouble and pulling mm-hmm. into great, greater conflicts. I'm not a fan of NATO at the moment. I don't see the point of well, NATO at the moment. Well, because here's the thing. These these old alliances, World War One alliances, that's what created World War Two. Mm-hmm. If if you just fight to win and then go home, you can help people rebuild. I mean, America is the only one that does that. You can help people rebuild, but get out, right. get out. And uh, y- you can you can change the world and our tendency to go to war by just minding your own business and getting out now a lot of people say you can't do that yeah you really can it's going to take us a hundred years to get back out of it of course it could happen quickly because of a collapse Uh, but i can guarantee you if there's a collapse they're going to try to do this in a global sense they'll try to cobble all of us together and it will be russia china and their allies against the west and uh, it's only going to cause more trouble yeah. I mean, you think about it. NATO today is one of the only alliances that it, the purpose for why it exists doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It, it doesn't exist anymore. The Soviet Union. Exactly. Right. I mean, th- that was done. And as to your point, they should have walked away at that point because then they all, all everyone that was in NATO had a reason to, well, they had common interests, right? They were going to stop the Soviet Union from advancing mm-hmm. global uh, communism all over the world. Congratulations. Well, g- good job. You did your job. But now take a look at Germany. Germany is like they're they're one of the strongest members of NATO. They're one of the, also one of the only ones that are not sending weapons to to Ukraine. Yeah, they won't do it. They are in favor of Russia because they are beholden to Russia now. Money, money, money yeah. off that pipeline. Yeah. And can we point out that Ukraine held one third of the nuclear weapons of the Soviet Union at mm-hmm. one point, and they gave them all back. Thanks third largest to people like yeah, thanks to Bill Clinton. Who, uh, who is a big advocate of, hey, just hand them all back. Don't have a nuclear deterrent to Russia. Why would you ever need that? Well, now we know this wouldn't be going on if they, had, they hadn't done this back in the day, encouraged by uh, the democratic establishment in this country. Ukraine gave all of these nuclear weapons it had back to Russia. They got rid of them. So let me just, I want to remind you about history that... History is always confusing, and you never know what somebody is really doing. I'm going to blow your mind with a piece of history that we just got a few months ago at uh, the Mercury One Museum. It is incredible, and it goes to what's happening right now. We do that in just a second. Uh, I don't know if you have seen, but gold is up. Uh, It is almost $2,000 an ounce. Uh, with everything they're doing to suppress gold, it is shocking that it is this high. Um, they are now saying $3,000 an ounce because of inflation. I don't know. I, I, I really, I, I, it's anybody's guess. We are in uncharted territory. We have no idea what's coming. I will just tell you that um, I collect gold coins. I collect old historic gold coins. Um, I buy historic gold coins uh, for a reason. And you can call uh, Goldline to find out why I do that. Uh, By the way, in a completely unrelated story, did you see that uh, Turkey has just told their citizens, I'm sorry, asked their citizens to turn in all their gold? They just asked them just yesterday. That's nice. That's very nice. Hey, sometimes just you turn it in. We'll give you cash for request. it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, I was telling you, I, I collect 
um, antique gold coins and silver coins. And uh, you, you might want to think about that, too. You know who has some of these historic coins is Goldline. $5 gold Indians and Liberty coins. Find out if maybe you can buy them right now and qualify for the free gold and silver uh, when you acquire these historic items. 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. I would recommend that you uh, at least start the research today. 866-GOLDLINE. 10 seconds, station ID. All right. When uh, everybody in the world was saying they're not going to go into Poland, the Germans, they're not going to go into Poland. And everybody's working on peace deals. Uh, In a speech given to the commanders of the German army, August 22nd, which was a few days before the planned attack, the original planned attack um, uh, for Hitler, Uh, He said, our strength can consist in our speed and in our brutality. Genghis Khan led millions of women and children to slaughter with a premeditation and a happy heart. History sees him solely as a founder of a state. It's a matter of indifference to me what a weak Western Europe civilization will say about me. I have issued a command and uh, I'll have anyone who utters but one word of criticism executed by a firing squad. Our aim in war does not consist in reaching a certain line, but in the physical destruction of the enemy. Accordingly, I have placed my death head formations, special SS units, uh, in the readiness for uh, the present only in the east with orders for them to send to death mercilessly and without compassion men, women and children of the Polish derivation and language. Only thus shall we give gain the living space in which we need, who, after all, speaks today of the annihilation of the Ar- Armenians. Only one thing is true. A new situation has now been created. Poland will be depopulated and then settled by the Germans. My pact with Poland, after all, was only intended to gain time. What I have here was uh, originally published uh, about two months before that speech was given. Remember, they're doing peace accords and everything else. These are the final plans uh, given to the German commanders. These are all of the maps. If you're watching the Blaze TV, you'll see them. These are all of the maps of Poland, where they're going, how they're going to get there. And this is the uh, battle plan given to the commanders. And I want to read a couple of things translated in German. There's a box in red on the front. It says, this is a secret item within the meeting of section 88 Reich criminal code. Misuse will be punished according to provisions of this law, unless other state provisions come into question. So firing squad, you would be dead immediately. Then under that is another warning. It says secret Military geographical description of Poland with individual information for reference completed July 1st, 1939. Wow. So almost two months before they are, you hear that speech and then they postpone it again till September. The plans were already drawn to liquidate Poland. 
So you're in a time period once again where how do you tell the truth? How do you know what the truth is? Those who negotiated with Hitler, I think they were hoping that that was the truth. I'm guessing that most of them knew it probably wasn't. Separate what you know to be true from what you hope to be true. Because if you just go on hopes and you dismiss the actual words of people uh, who are threatening to do crazy things, you will most times um, be mistaken and it won't end well. So let's know what the truth is and not what we hope to be true. Pretty amazing, isn't it? It's wild. These are all of the these are the actual instructions along with the pictures of all the bridges that they need to blow up, mm. all of the instructions to the commanding uh, generals that went into Poland. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I, think, like, I, don't, I don't even get know how to. Yeah. I know. Uh, I, I was shocked when we, we got this in auction. I couldn't believe we have this. We also have the original Operation Bigot plan. You know what that was? Do you know what that was? Mm. Operation Bigot. It is D-Day. And we have the we have the plans uh, from Bigot, and there's a second name too. We have the the and some of them are hand annotated from the D-Day invasion. I mean, I just want to do. I, I at one point I think we should just do uh, an open history of just World War II. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what what artifacts you can still find and preserve i i would i would um i'm on a new push personally uh to um acquire things that cannot be replaced um we have documents and others other things uh that i just worry that someday you know a hundred years from now and you know the robots have taken over they're so they're Marxist robots, and so they would destroy all of our history. Our history has to be preserved. Your history has to be preserved. If you're not writing a diary, please, if you can, start one. Just make notes of what's happening every day. Um, that will be used by historians. I've I've read diaries of people in Germany, and it's fascinating to read them. Because you'll see things that you don't see in the newspapers. You know, it's it, one of my one of the things that really stuck out to me was we didn't know this word hyperinflation just last week. Now it's the only word anyone is talking about. History is incredible. Mm. Knowing history and knowing battle plans. Where do you think this goes? Is this going this weekend? If it goes. I think that it could. So knowing history, the last time something like this happened with Russia was Georgia 2008, I want to say. And they told people to evacuate? They told the yeah the, the people evacuated just as they did now. They are now. Of course, there was tensions just as it is now. Um, they evacuated their people uh, back into Russia. And then the invasion happened, I think, four days afterwards, three to four days later. So this does kind of go to that playbook. But again, this is so telegraphed. That it, it's almost like they're saying, look what's going to happen. Uh, 
as kind of is like an aggressive diplomatic take, move. Is there a chance they take just two yes. sectors yes. and then it's over without any like bloodshed? That's the most yes. likely thing. Yeah, I do too. I, do too. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to go all the way to Kiev and take over the entire country. I really hope they don't. They are they they are form, formed to do that. So they're in they're Belarus all, to go towards Kiev. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. all sides. But again, that seems more, to me more likely as. If this just escalates give us, or just give us these territories right. and we'll leave you Which alone. Which they basically already have. Yeah. Right. So there's a possibility this could end without a shot fired. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. Not for Ukraine, though. No, not for Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, you not know, for I mean, Ukraine. it's better that the shots aren't fired, obviously. But, yeah. you know, just losing multiple regions of their country. This is a I mean, Russia is violating all sorts of previous agreements they've made with Ukraine on this. No, and among I, other things, and I I agree with that. And it's uh, it's horrible to lose part of your country. Yeah. Um, and I would fight if it was happening in our country. Um, and I will pray for the Ukrainians that God is with them. Yes. The Glenn Beck Program. Real estate agents, I trust. We have taken a pretty good beating as a country the last couple of years. Um, And if you are like most people and you are trying to find a house, it might be hard. How do you find a house you can afford? How do you how do you get somebody that if you're living in a place where uh, property values are going sky high, do you sell your house? And if so, where do I move to where? How do I buy another house? If I'm trying to sell my house and I'm in a bad place where they're not property values aren't really high, how can I even sell my house? You need the best real estate agent. You need somebody who has been there through all kinds of sales, all kinds of time periods, somebody that has a great team around them and has a lot of people already coming to their website looking for houses. We found those real estate agents all over the country. We may have one near you that we think is the best. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a free service to you just to match you up with somebody who has a great track record in your area. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off the subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on on Canada, but Stu and I were just talking a little bit about uh, Ukraine and what is Putin thinking? Nobody knows, but he is, he's a guy who's already had his, you know, time in death camps, you know, as being yeah. a colonel in the KGB. He's had a, a long reign of power. You know, it's interesting, I think, with dictators, they kind of go different ways as they get older. You could go the way of someone who, because everybody, when you're a dictator, when you're younger, you're thinking of taking over the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, every young dictator <laughs> has these ideological dreams of mm-hmm. wiping out races and taking over the world. They're great. They're just, just I love these yeah, people. Oh, yeah. Um, but most, I don't know if most, but a lot of them wind up growing old and mellowing, c- continually p- pragmatically talking themselves out of launching some massive war and throughout their younger years i need to get more power i need to get more weapons i need to have a better economy whatever it is and then by the time they get older 
I want. I mean, mellow isn't exactly the right word. No, I mean they they but, they protect what they have. Yeah, their aspirations become Correct. not world domination, but. I will continue to destroy my people and I will live in my kingdom and and my kids will never want for anything. And I will hand the power over to them so they can finish the job I started. Correct. Correct. There's another version of this where you get older and you realize I've been planning this my whole life. I've put it off my whole life and now I'm getting old. And if I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. And you wonder if, I mean, Putin seems to me to be more of that brand of dictator. So so let me, because there may be a slight difference in our opinion on this, um, because I think he really believes that the Soviet Union, as he said, the Soviet Union, uh, the fall of the Soviet Union is the greatest mistake in all of history. Right. I think he's, um, uh, I think he's motivated to be the long lasting hero the george washington of mm-hmm. returning that soviet power yeah no i think that's true I, but th- almost like a a historical legacy yeah i but he has to a genghis st- khan yes yeah he has to start that though mm-hmm. right he has to start that process if he never does anything to re- to to, yeah. to start it i don't think he's remembered that way you know and that, and that's why I, I look at this and it's hard to believe he won't do anything. We've basically told him a minor incursion. Eh, we're okay with it. Yeah. And you look at what he's, they're evacuating these two regions. You look at the case for going in to take over the entire country. They've got 150,000 troops or so on the border. Ukraine has well over 200,000 troops, well, more like a quarter of a million troops who are obviously on the ready right now. You, this is a, this is a tough lift. They have, this is a country the size of Texas with 10 million people more than Texas and they're, they're well armed. Yeah. So to and take over this whole, a lot of this country does not want to be under the, the purview correct. of Vladimir those two reasons, regions do, they yeah. are really, really Russians uh, that live in Ukraine, in Ukraine. They, they're running that direction, but the rest of the country does not want to go back to the former Soviet union mm-hmm. and they will fight Against what? An army of people that just are fighting because they're told to? Mm. That doesn't usually work out well. Let me go to Stephen Kent. I, Stephen, I thought of you today uh, because uh, I was watching what's happening in Canada, and I immediately thought, wasn't this in Star Wars? And we started debating it, and uh, I said, you know what? Call Stephen, because he'll know for sure. <laughs> there is a... There is a, by the way, Stephen Kent is the author of How the Force Can Fix the World uh, and uh, uh, Beltway Banthas uh, as well, the podcast. Stephen, let me, uh, let me tell you what the parliament said. The police of the Capitol, the Capitol Police in there, it's the parliament police. They said that today it is too dangerous to seat parliament. And today was the day they were going to uh, debate the emergency order. Too dangerous. So Parliament can't be seated. uh, And uh, just stay in your homes and stay away from the area. It's dangerous. And if you're in the area already, stay inside of a building until the police say you can come out. Didn't that happen like in Star Wars 2? 
Glenn, it, it really did. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you, you kind of feel like you've seen it everywhere because you've heard different variations of it across your history textbooks growing up and some of the great works on the rise and fall of empires throughout human history. But the great thing about Star Wars, and this is why I evangelize so much about it just as a tool for talking about civics, is it's very easy to get people to sit down and watch Star Wars and incur some of the very same lessons that you need to understand about the rise and fall of Julius Caesar, Hitler, and I guess now Justin Castro, I'm sorry, Trudeau. <laughs> uh, you know, these, this, this story, and particularly Attack of the Clones, Episode 2, is the part of the story where, where Emperor Palpatine consolidates his powers uh, by receiving the, the uh, ultimate authority of the Emergency Powers Act so that they can enact the military creation of a clone army. What's going on in Star Wars at this weird time is that there is a civil war brewing, and they have no army in this democratic republic. And so what Palpatine does is he creates an air of danger. He launches an assassination on several uh, senators so that they just don't show up to the vote. And then all of the other senators fearing danger from their own people, they just don't show up at the time when there's going to be a vote uh, on emergency powers, which Jar Jar Binks, of course, brings to the floor. Um, the fear of danger and suspicions of your own people is a big part of power accumulation. And it's kind of hard not to see playing out in Canada right now. Star Wars, because everything, everything you think, wait a minute, that was in Star Wars. Um, that's just because uh, the story itself, the story arc, is such a well-researched story arc of all of our legends and histories and really the face of heroes and the hero arc. Don't you think? Is that no, why it's I mean, everywhere? It, it is. And, you know, even one of the, the funniest, you know, Palpatine memes that was ever born of the prequels was when Palpatine, as he's receiving emergency powers from the Senate in Star Wars, he says, I love democracy. And this is actually something that is pulled out of the Latin uh, that we understand one of the remarks Caesar made during his time as he was accumulating power after the Civil War, where he defeated Consul Pompey to become the eventual, you know, full-time dictator of Rome. You know, it is incumbent on these people to express a love for the democracy, the idea that they are just purely trying to save it, and then by creating or inflaming an air of danger, rallying senators to their cause to be participants in protecting it. Star Wars is sort of the great mesh story of this, um, covering all of your history books. And like, it's easy to have kids sit down and talk about that. It's easy to get kids to sit down and watch um, Iron Man versus Captain America, right? The Civil War mm -hmm. installment of Marvel, where you've got two factions feuding over whether or not People with superpowers need to be registered with the government to protect the public. These are incredibly powerful civic stories that we need to zero in on. I'm watching Canada with just complete horror right now because it is, to me, the case in point of how people are always on the lookout for Emperor Palpatine. You see it in American politics all the time, like Obama's Palpatine, Trump is Palpatine, Bush is Palpatine. But nobody is ever talking about, well, who's... Anakin, Anakin Skywalker, the guy who becomes Darth Vader. And I would like to explain real quick, because there's this amazing scene in episode two, 
where Anakin Skywalker is talking about how he would like politics to work. And he's basically just saying, like, the senators should all get together and agree what's in the best interest of the people. And they're like, well, we do that already. And if we don't agree, then someone should make them agree. And, <laughs> and Anakin, mm. you know, this, you know, cute, you know, attractive young man. And he sort of is looking at politics and going, you know, well, if this works, it is something that we should do. Nobody's looking out for those people, these well-meaning, soft-spoken, attractive politicians, a.k.a. Justin Trudeau, an NPR fascist, who is just very sweet-talking in his desires to make everybody feel safe, secure at all times. That's the dictator playbook. But everybody's just out there looking for the big bad guy in the black cloak, and you're not going to ever get that. Okay, um, I have to disagree with you that Justin Trudeau could not be um, Anakin because in the <laughs> end he becomes Darth Vader. And when it is Justin Trudeau, I know in the end they'll pull the mask off and they'll say, I am your father, and it will be Castro. <laughs> when, uh, when Justin Trudeau is robbed of his good looks, he will have nothing left. <laughs> Thanks very much, uh, Stephen. I appreciate it. God bless. Um, I, I, I have to talk to you, Stu. We're going to take a quick break and come back. I don't believe the Castro thing at all. But have you seen the pictures? Yeah, I have. He doesn't look like his dad. At all. And he does shockingly yeah. look like Castro. Yeah. There's a few of these around that you could convince me to believe. Uh, uh, in my mind, I, I'm just probably not to him, but in my mind, a harmless conspiracy theory. Like, I, you know, like. I don't think it would be harmless. Well, I think he'd Castro. love that. He loves Castro. Mm, He's the true. only one in, I think, the West that gave a tribute send-off of castro was the guy that's uh, who was on msnbc and did all the me too journalism and was supposedly the son of frank sinatra not uh <laughs> that one i don't know yes you do we talked about it uh, woody allen what the heck is his name oh no woody uh, allen it's uh uh Dara. Uh, uh, Dar- uh, uh you know who i'm talking about the, he, the guy yes. who the, the the man who broke all the me too stories and got all the credit for it after the women who actually broke the stories wrote them uh that <laughs> that guy uh who used to work for msnbc and yeah. he's the new yorker i can't think of a stupid name yeah um, we but, all know him. he won he's the guy who run won all of those journalism awards <laughs> before he did anything yeah in journalism he got a show and yeah. then legitimately this is true the ultimate slap in the face of the me too movement he wrote stories about like Harvey Weinstein and yeah. got all the credit for them after the women, <laughs> Ronan Farrow. Thank yeah. you. After Ronan, he wrote the, the stories got all the credit and it was actually two women who, who did all the reporting and released the story first. And then for these stories, they gave the credit to the guy, which is the ultimate <laughs> me too uh, hypocrisy. All right. Let me take a quick break. Uh, the Tuttle twins. Tuttle Twins. Oh, okay, I will. Um, is that Justin Trudeau there? Stand up. Yes, sir. Um, let me ask you a question. All these days, we are fighting to preserve what? What? The freedoms that we are desperately concerned about? Is that what we're trying to protect? Or are we trying to protect the idea of these freedoms and that man can rule himself because if we just fight for the freedoms and we don't prepare our children 
so they know what they're fighting for. It's kind of like we were just talking about the Ukrainians are going to fight the Russians because the Ukrainians don't want to go back to the Soviet Union. They don't want to do that. Um, they're Ukrainians. What do the Russians care? The Russians go in. They're doing their job. They don't have something that they love and understand that they're fighting for. This is why the Tuttle Twins books are so important. We can't just preserve their freedom. We have to teach them why it's meaningful and why small government works and why our founders were so brilliant and what they came up with and how it's changed the world. They have books for teens that are on an extended Valentine's Day sale. That means today is the last day. But they also have the children's book. On the children's books, I should say, they have all 12 of, 12 of them for $50 right now. And that includes all of the activity workbooks. So go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com and get this extended Valentine's Day deal. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids safe and sane in an upside-down world. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at GlennBeck.com. Well, it's President's Day uh, weekend. Um, all presidents, all presidents, because they're all created equal, except for one. One is more equal because he was black and the rest of them are all oppressors. Just. Right. OK, thank you for that. He, okay. um, mm-hmm. You know, you remember when we used to have George Washington's birthday and and uh, Lincoln's birthday? Yeah, you kind of pick the presidents you thought were worthy of a day off. Yeah. Instead of just being like, eh, all of them. All, yeah, all of them. Even the ones that committed genocide yeah. and uh, against so, those, uh, you know, against. Uh, you know, here's what I'd really like. Here's what I'd really like. Um, we'll go out and get party stuff if we can afford it. Okay. On conservative side, if we can afford it, and we'll throw a party for this president and all those on the left. If you can afford it, go out and throw a party for the last president. Mm. We can all come together. We can all stand in the supermarket aisles and say, gee, I can't afford it. And then maybe one of us will say, and which president brought that to us? (laughs) And that's how we can celebrate together in the aisles of our supermarket. By the way, the... uh Joe Biden's approval rating has now fallen to the level of Trump's approval rating. Really? Now, Trump, of course, came into office as a divisive figure, as you may have noticed. Some yeah. people did not like yeah. him all that uh-huh. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he was the only president that Biden was ahead of this whole time. And I feel like and he, now I feel like he earned that, too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He worked. Mm-hmm at that yeah he was constantly needling people in yeah. the press and oh, everything about trump yeah like right. yeah yeah i mean he came in like basically saying like look i'm gonna say what i want to say and if you don't like me you don't like me so he started out at a lower Correct. level than all the other presidents mm-hmm. usually you have this little honeymoon period yeah, he didn't which, get one. which he did not get mm-hmm. uh biden did he came in above 50 percent, and it's just slowly deteriorated uh, to the point where now he's passed uh, Trump, or at least I think uh, crossed that line of, of Trump mm. for the first time mm. uh, since he became president. He's going to look back on these days 
as the good old days. (laughs) (laughs) He is going to look back and go, man, do you remember when I had an approval rating of 30%? You know, you think to yourself, uh, they can't get any worse than this. And then you remember the president, uh, as we approach President's Day, Barack Obama saying, don't underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. It's true. It can make it much worse. All right. Monday, I'll see you in the supermarket aisles (laughs) celebrating if we can afford it.